The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I must have not been paying attention. Now, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to make Castor do the Papa Bars. Okay. <laughs> not exactly dignified. No. He's got enough problems. <laughs> All right. This is either going to be an unmitigated disaster or the best show we've ever done, but it's not going to be anywhere in between. Nice. And we'll give geniuses like um, Julissa Nunez an opportunity to send in a question if she thinks she's got one that uh, deserves to be asked. Anybody that wants to ask a question today, pop on the feed. Yeah. But you got to do it live. You can't wait till it's over. Duh, right? Yeah. Like people send me questions after the show is over, and I'm like, yeah, it's a replay. Make sure it's not private phone. Right, right. Yeah, don't be doing it from a city phone either. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know who you are. All right, that's posted. We're on Facebook. Everything's good. Here's what we'll do. I'll do the sponsors while this is rolling. I want to thank uh, our sponsors today. McLennan Real Estate Century 21, Zany Pesci Law Office, Marston & Son Construction, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli, Tomo & Shaken Seafood, Ba, 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 ba. Wow. I was just going to say That's wow. a little rough for this week. Clear Path for Veterans New England, the Mercurial Law Office, AFC Urgent Care. A lot of sponsors today. Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. Part 28. Have you been to Part 28? It's right up here. Yep. You got to try the pizza there. Oh, my God. Race Cold Fire Pizza is amazing. Get it. And a free shout-out to our buddies at Gigi's Ice Cream. All right, let's get this show on the road. Chrissy, what do you think? Yeah. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hiya, Tom. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Boy, do we have a show for you today. As I said at the beginning, this is either going to be the biggest disaster we've ever done or this is going to be the best show we've ever done, but it's not going to be anything in between. In the studio with me, I have the new acting police chief in Lawrence, William Castro. But before we get to him, we've got a few things. I've got at least one thing that I want to talk about. I actually have a bunch of things, but... Uh, because we've got a great guest, I'm going to stick to one, and it's going to be very quick. So yesterday, if you're watching this live, yesterday, last night, while we were at TMF uh, on, uh, on Commerce Street in Lawrence, we got an alert that there was a mass shooter in, uh, was it Auburn? Was it, Ar- it was uh, Lewiston. Lewiston, Lewiston Maine. Maine. And immediately I, when I got home, I put on CNN, and the bodies aren't even cold yet, and they're calling for more gun control. This is why we have to stop AR-15s from getting into the hands of people. We have to have gun control. We have to take people's guns away. If only we could take people's guns away, this just would never happen. Over and over, and they brought in experts. Of course, they're all Democrat gun-grabbing experts. And I'm sitting there, and I'm posting online, and I know that all of my liberal friends stay away from me when I do this because they know I get crazy about it. But when it comes to these kinds of things, I'm watching the news, and I'm thinking, this guy with an AR-15 style rifle, we don't know if that's the exact rifle that he had, 
walked into a bowling alley and shot like 20 people or more. And all I could think of was, boy, if there was somebody in that bowling alley that was carrying a weapon, he would have fired back, killed this guy, and there would be fewer victims. But the gun grabbers don't want you to think about that. They keep saying, why do you need an AR-15? Why do you need an assault rifle? I don't call them assault rifles. I call them defense rifles. And the reason why we need them, can we pull those up? We're going to do these in alphabetical order there. Um, So this first picture is, there we go. This first picture that you're seeing here, these are guns that were confiscated this year by the Chicago Police Department in Chicago from drug gangs. So why does the average person need an AR-15? Why does the average person need an assault rifle? Here's why. You can show the next one if you want. Here's why. Because this is a picture of Los Angeles. This is what the state police in Los Angeles confiscated this year from drug gangs. Some of those are AR-15-type rifles. But if you look at the one in the middle, that's a fucking machine gun. That's a machine gun. Now, I know that the people who aren't educated in guns think an AR-15 is an automatic weapon. It's not. It's no different than the weapon that I carry. It's no different than the weapon that police officers carry. You pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out. A machine gun, you pull the trigger once and multiple bullets come out. That's the difference. This next picture, this is from Rowley, Massachusetts from this year, January of this year. These are ghost guns. If you look, the one on the far right that looks a little green from here, that's a machine gun. These are ghost guns with no numbers on them, no serial numbers, that were taken from drug gangs. Why do I need an AR-15? Because criminals have these. Here's another one from Sacramento. These were confiscated this month from the, I think it was from the Crips, but it was one of the, one of the drug gangs in Los Angeles, all right? I'm sorry, this is Sacramento, not Los Angeles. Sacramento, California. These were confiscated by the DEA in Sacramento, California from drug gangs. These are people in your neighborhoods selling drugs, using these weapons to kill each other and do home invasions to kill you and your family. Why do you need an AR-15 style, style, quote, assault weapon? Because the criminals have machine guns. And every time legislators like we have in Massachusetts try to take these guns away, I hope Francisco Polino's listening, my friend, every single time, Every single time they get up there and they take guns away, they restrict AR-15-style weapons from the public, from law-abiding gun owners. They're giving more power to people who are walking around with machine guns that are already illegal and stopping the rest of us from defending ourselves. I'm going to say one more thing about this. You want to pass laws against people having these kind of guns. And the ridiculous reasoning that we hear from people like State Representative Ramos in North Andover is that it's going to save lives because we're going to have a law against people having these kinds of guns. Isn't murder already against the law? Isn't shooting people for no reason already against the law? It is. So what the guy did last night, there's already a law against shooting people in a bowling alley for no reason. Did it stop him? Did it? Did it stop the Parkland shooter? The Parkland shooter went into the Parkland Elementary School, which is a gun-free zone. He ignored the sign because, let's face it, that's what criminals do. And he walked in and he shot a bunch of kids, a bunch of toddlers, no less. Did the gun-free sign 
gun-free zone signs stop him? It didn't. And all the gun laws in the world restricting people who are law-abiding citizens from being able to defend themselves from criminals who use these weapons is not going to decrease violence. It's going to increase violence. But people like State Representative Ramos knows that. People like the Massachusetts legislature knows that. They want more violence in our streets because it allows them to have more government control. It's one of the reasons why police departments all over the country are encrypting their scanners. They want the government to have more control and you to have less control. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes with my friend, Mr. Castro. Um, I may not like his answers, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, so listen, whenever these mass shootings happen, I just want you to think real quickly to yourself to not listen to the white noise of, of the pretty language of the me- news media and politics. Weapons of war. Listen, nobody's going out and getting a gun license to legally purchase a gun with the intent of committing a mass shooting. No one's doing that, okay? Now, this guy might have been a legal gun owner, but he didn't go out and get his license for that reason. 95 to 96% of mass shootings are committed by people who do not have guns legally. So restricting the rest of us from shooting back is not going to solve that problem. It's going to make it worse. Here in the studio with me, I have the newly appointed and pretty damn controversial, I'd say. Oh, wait, we have one more thing? We have our, uh, okay, so I'm sorry. We have our Tom Duggan's Dish of the Month. This is the um, salmon, the blackened salmon on uh, Caesar salad from Salvatore's Restaurant in Lawrence, which I'm going to be tomorrow night with my daughter. Um, so last week we had the, last month we had the lamb chops from Sevmar. This month we've got the blackened salmon. I couldn't even wait. I had to have a piece of it before I took the picture that you could tell I, I took a bite. Um, from Salvatore's, we were there yesterday and I had the blackened salmon over a Caesar salad. So that's my dish of the month. If you're thinking about going out to eat, you want to have something really good, that's what you should have. All right. To my left, I have our good friend, uh, my good friend, and he has been really a good friend for a long time, uh, going like maybe back 20 years. Um, William Castro, he's the acting police chief in the city of Lawrence. Acting means that he's kind of filling in until they find a permanent chief. Now, sometimes the person who is acting is doing such a good job, they let them stay and they make them permanent. But most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the time, an acting chief or an interim chief comes in and they just kind of steer the ship until the city finds a permanent chief that they want. We don't know what, that, what that's going to be uh, for William. Um, but, so I guess my first question before we get into like your resume experience that has been called into question. Is this something, William, that you want to do full-time? Is this like if they, if the mayor says to you six or eight months from now, you know, you're doing such a good job, would you like to be permanent? Is this something that you would want to do permanent? Of course. Of course, Tom. This is something that, you know, every law enforcement out there envision um, uh, working uh, as, a, as, a, as the head of the department. Uh, first, foremost, I would like to... Uh, uh, my sincere condolences to the uh, victims of the shooting mm-hmm. in Maine. Um, it's a very strong, uh, strong topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I figure I'd show my respect for that. I appreciate that. So you would you would take it permanent if the mayor wanted you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So and matter of fact, I am gonna apply for the job. You are. Oh, absolutely. So you actually want this? Absolutely. So I guess my first question is. Why would any sane person want to walk into this environment, given what the Lawrence Police Department's going through right now, given the state of violence in the city of Lawrence? This is a huge, huge task for anybody to want to take on, to not just run the department, but be, to be responsible 
for the response to the level of violence in the city. Are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> perfectly okay. Okay. So this is something that you want. Like, why would you want this? Uh, uh, public service has always been in me. Yeah? And I, we do a good job every day. We run in while everybody's running out. Um, what a better way to change uh, the way uh, things are going. Um, uh, think about it. Uh, my kids, my family walks in that city. Do I want them to walk in a city that is not safe? So you live in Lawrence. I want it. I live my neck. I live in Methuen. My next door neighbor, my front door neighbor, lives in Lawrence. I spend. So you're in the Arlington neighborhood. Uh, yeah, no, I'm on East Side by Tom Borrello's. Okay, Tom all right, yeah. used to be by the Path of School. Yes. Okay. East Haverhill Street, right on that left. So. I've never been invited to your house, so I didn't know that. Uh, I don't take a lot of people to my house. Uh, well, I mean, I know your wife's a really good cook, yeah, so I keep waiting for yeah, that invite. But you know how that goes. All right. So, um, fair enough. Why not be part of the change? Yeah. Why not be part of making it happen? Make that city, you know, that city is growing. So why not be part of making it safe? Continue making it safe, and so that your kids, uh, or everybody's kids, family can walk. Right on that, safely. So, before this, you worked for the mayor's office in a really nice, cushy desk job that's very safe that you don't get shot I at doing. I wouldn't say cushy. Well, no, I'm, but I mean, you're not getting shot at. You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, now you're going to be going, and I remember, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, um, you worked with the DEA, you worked with the FBI. I only know this because when I used to follow police calls when the scanner was not encrypted, um, <laughs> I used to drive around and I used to go to the drug raids and I would get out with my camera, I'd be live on Facebook, and there you would be wrestling some guy to the ground with a gun in his hand, putting the handcuffs on him, and locking him up with a, with a vest that either said DEA, whoever you were on loan to mm-hmm. from the sheriff's department. And we would chat afterwards while we were waiting for like you know everybody to find a, secure the scene. Um, and we would talk about stuff. And that was, I think, the first time I went out to follow police calls with a scanner uh, was 2004 or 2005. We had just started the Valley Patriot. You were out doing this then. And yet today, when you got announced as the acting chief, there was a plethora of misinformation going around on Facebook and on social media that you had no law enforcement experience. Absolutely. And, you know, not to take sides on this, I saw Wendy Luzon, who, so disappointing because I endorsed her, and I'm really giving serious thought to, to taking back my endorsement, although it's probably too late, um, attacking you on Facebook, saying... He's not a police officer. He's got no law enforcement background. Julissa Nunez did the same thing. And I'm going to call him out by name because when you're wrong, when you're wrong, you got to be called out. Um, and these people who have always been kind of friends of mine, I was very, very disappointed to see them be at, least, at the very least being wrong and at the very worst lying, uh, saying that you had no law enforcement experience. And yet I've experienced you working with the DEA. I've got pictures of you working with the FBI doing drug raids. Uh, with the sheriff's department, with the state police, the state police gang unit, the state police drug unit, the state police uh, gun unit. Um, and and I just wish that these people would... Research. Well, look, if they don't like you, just say that, yeah. right? Like, But everybody has to lie and make it about something else. If they don't like you, just say, I don't like the guy, he shouldn't be chief. But they have to validate their their dislike by saying it's about something else. Give the people at home just a brief synopsis of... I, I mean, I just kind of did it, but I wanted to come from you. A brief synopsis of your your breadth of law enforcement experience, as opposed to what Wendy Luzon is telling people that you have not. Well, uh, it's been on the uh, newspaper, some of the newspapers, the ones that want to publicize the truth. Um, 
I come from a law enforcement background. I studied Exxon Auxiliary with the city of Haverhill, made it all the way to sergeant. Um, I worked for the IRS as a security officer. And in 1999, I started my correctional uh, um, experience, correctional, where in 2002, I became a sergeant supervisor of the unit. 2005, I got assigned to the uh, investigations division. Right there, I got assigned to the Drug Enforcement Administration, where I have been working uh, hand-in-hand with the state police, FBI, DEA, Homeland Security, um, the Secret Service, you name it. I've mm-hmm. been everywhere. And at the same time, in 2005, I got assigned to the Drug uh, and Gang Unit out of Methuen Police Department. And I am still, back then, in 2005, and to present, I'm still, still one of the uh, reserve intermittent with the city of Methuen. Um, I am qualified. I am MPTC qualified, trained. Yeah, actually, and, uh, you actually and, brought um, in your, uh, your yeah. training for your certificate from post. And the dates on these are 6, the right 14, corner. 20. Well, today's date, right? Well, this is printed out. But the date you got your certification, 6, 14, 21, 5, 6, 22, 6, 28, 23. So you are a post-certified police officer. Yes, Contrary to what we're seeing on, on social media. All they have to do is research. Okay. All they have to do, and mind it, that all these people that we're talking about, they have my name, they have my phone number, they know where I'm at, they know how to communicate with me, but uh, they take it upon themselves to be uh, unprofessional, to be most, uh, at most, because, you know, um, I've been involved in politics for a little bit, and if you're part of the system that hasn't done anything, now you want to do something, and you want to throw someone's names just to get what? Get the names or the ratings going? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't entertain that stuff. I, I, I speak on facts. Right. I speak on facts. So whoever wants to challenge my experience, uh, I put it out there. And I've been blessed. Um, I, I'm on a different level now. Um, in the mayor's office, you get in charge of what? You got to supervise. You got to administer. Uh, you get to look at, in, at the budget. I've been part of the budget. I've been part of management. I mean, what else can right? What else you what else can you do? Yeah, what people, else can I well, do? Because some people are never going to be happy if they just don't like yeah. you. So it's a matter of just not liking you. And at the end of the day, uh, Tom, listen, I I did my career with the sheriff's department, and you can bash the sheriff's department all they want, but think about it. Sheriff's department has two divisions. You got corrections and deputy sheriffs. Deputy sheriffs are the ones that go out there. I was a deputy sheriff. I was requested by the DEA three times, three specialized units to go and assist. And, uh, you know, I wasn't someone who sat down at the sheriff's department when I was working there. I made it all the way up to sergeant, supervisor. I managed one of the most, uh, the toughest unit there is in the, in the sheriff's department. You know, that's where you get the gang. Uh, you know, they come out one hour. Is to fight. So I am part of the system. And when I was out here, there is not a single police officer on that department that can say they have never assisted them during an investigation, uh, searching a vehicle with people didn't know where the drugs were uh, or guns, and I'm the one who found them. Why? Yeah. Based on my experience as an investigator. So you know, talking out of character, and, you know, it's freedom of speech. Anybody can say whatever they want. At the end of the day, you know, just research, and this is the way I put it. You are running into, you are running politics, right? 
and you are talking about someone that's trained with experience, all you have to do was Google them. And how are you going to function in that, in, in that politics when you can't even research a single document <laughs> or call posts and say, hey, is William Castro certified by post? What makes you think that that person is right to run a city? Right. Think about it. Right. You know, but it's personal. And I hope, uh, you know, I, 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 just, I don't even know what to say. So let me, so I, I had a conversation because even though we're friends, I always like to do my homework. So I had a conversation with somebody from the state police gun unit last night. And I said, hey, listen, I know I've seen you out there working with Willie Castro. Between us, I'll never mention your name. But what do you think? Like, he just got made acting chief. And this is what the guy said to me. I'm not doing it word for word, but I'm going to get as close as I can. He said, when we went into Lawrence, there was nobody we would rather have with us to search a building or to search a car than Willie Castro because he knows everybody. Everybody knows him. Everybody's afraid of him out there in the neighborhoods. And he knows exactly where to look for the drug hides. Well, the gun, drug yeah, hides yeah, are gun hides, yeah. right? Um, one of the things that concerns about me about any new chief in any community, you got this guy in Lowell who hates to give out gun permits. He's a gun grabber. He doesn't want anyone to have guns. Um, Roy was actually pretty good about that. He wasn't, he, he was kind of in the middle. He wasn't a gun grabber, but he wasn't real free about giving them out either. Um, where are you going to stand on giving out gun permits? Cause that's a big thing in a city like Lawrence. People need to be able to defend themselves. Well, listen, there's, there's a process, there's a system for everything. So far, I've been very fair. Uh, we haven't changed much, much in the department. And anybody who applies and is qualified to have a weapon, hey, you should have a weapon. Right. It's your second amendment. Right. You know, you, you, you ha- you, I'm not going to I love this guy. That, you know, hey, you said you were going to have the best show ever. So right. Listen, I, I love going. that answer. Let's get it going. Listen, so far we haven't asked, call my department right now. My department. I consider that right now my department. Um, the mayor and I went, uh, uh, went in early in the morning. We talked to them, delivered the message. Remember, there's a mission. People, people uh, again, some of these friends in politics, they're on the other side. Right. They want to call it political favors. You can call it whatever you want, but I'm going to give you an example. You well, take, it, 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 it is a political oh, favor. That's where I'm going. Check this out. Okay. You take this civil service test. Okay. You apply for the job, you go uh, get your background check, you get a point, you know, you get selected for the job. Who you think sends you to the academy is the mayor. The city right. mayor approves for you to go to the academy. City mayor approves for you to get appointed as an officer. Right. When the promotions come up, the city mayor appoints you lieutenant captain. It's a political job. It's a political job. Whoever is trying to mingle and, and maneuver the the, uh, the words in the system, listen, the political parties move the wheel, okay? I don't care what anybody says. I happen to be in a position where the mayor of that city knows me, that I know him, and he knows that I know his vision on that city. Mm-hmm. Where we are going to go on that department? Right now, they tell me that department has moved forward in the past 20 years. No one in that department can tell me that. You know why? I can tell you the whole story about yeah, please do. the city of Lawrence. The city of Lawrence was in chaos back in the 90s, okay? 
There comes Lantigua. We all want to blame Lantigua, but if we... It's easy it, to blame it, well, He listen, made it easy. Well, but if you, if you think about it, the city of Lawrence was in a deficit when Lantigua went into office. Mm-hmm. We had no money to pay anybody. Right. We had to lay off what? 15, 20, I don't know how many police cops, officers. 29 cops, 30 firefighters. There you go. There's the numbers. On top of that, the city, uh, the state took over. We had to get a loan from the state to manage, you know, the right. whole city. My problem was he got a $35 million bailout loan from the legislature promising that if he didn't get the money, he was going to have to lay off cops and firefighters. They, they, gave, him, they gave him yeah, the money, they still and he off. laid them off yeah, anyway. Yeah. That was the problem. So now, move forward. You had officers on layoff. You didn't give them the, 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 uh, you know, the races you needed to give them to stay within, within the level that every other police department is moving forward. Right. They're staying behind. Right. There comes the other parties. I won't mention names because I think... In their, own, in their own setup, everyone did their job. Right. But the police department, you have a city that's growing dramatically. But if you look at it, the police department has been staying behind. Right. No wages. We need a lot more they had a lousy. They, they had a lousy 1.5%, I believe, they had back in the day. And they had to give out the Quinbill right. to do that. Now we got a mayor that comes in and wants to get them with they need, they need to be. Mm-hmm. He's approving some numbers that are favorable so yeah. that we don't lose officers at a dramatic pace that we are losing right. them. And he's still getting bad. He's right. trying his best to move well, the listen, department. In this business, oh. you're going to get bashed no matter oh, what you do. Oh, yeah, no matter what. Right. He, could, he could save a baby from a burning building. But and there's think people about out there it. that are going to Now he sacrificed his chief of staff that was doing a great job I agree with out that. there. You were doing a good to job. To put him on that department because why? He trusts me. Right. He trusts me I'm going to get that job done, and I'm not going to fail. I have never failed in my life, okay. and I am not going to fail on this one. We're going to do his mission, and our mission is to what? Get the officers they, what they need in terms of negotiation, better wages. We're going to do a complete audit of that department. Trust me when I tell you. One of the things that concerns me is I want to see more minorities on the department. There's very few white people in that department now. And I consider white people a minority now in the arts because they're they're 10%, right? That's the definition of a minority. Everyone should be allowed. So it looks like the city is hiring more and more Latinos, which is fine, at the expense, though, of people who are not Latino. And so I kind of want to see that even out a little bit more. I'm okay with hiring any, any group of people. But it seems as though under the last two mayors, there was a specific effort to exclude white people from the department. We just pull a list together, and I tell you this. Uh, we pull a list together because we want to up our numbers. Think right. about it. City of Lawrence is growing. The department is not. Okay? They need help. Uh, what's the all, number, what's the number need, of cops you have right now? Help. Well, it all depends how you put it. Staff, um, I got the numbers right on my phone. You're talking about 135 officers. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. We want to get those numbers about 200 okay. to be able to compete with mm-hmm. what we have out there. You know, we have, you know, crime grows. Right. We have a city that's growing. Crime is going to grow. We bring our custom stuff to this, this country. So, of course, it's going to grow. Motorcycle, mopeds, uh, loud music, you name it. Right. Um, the quality of life stuff is most important. And one of the things Roy was very good at was going to the neighborhood groups and listening rather than always talking and hearing what the neighbors were saying was their biggest problem and then trying to target those issues. Because we all know through broken windows theory, you take care of the little things, it prevents a lot of big things down the road. Mm-hmm. Ha- 
have you been meeting with the neighborhood groups? How has that been going? I was just one on last night, but to finish your question, we put, uh, we called for a list. Okay. And out of that big list, we only got five candidates. Everybody either has a, a real bad, bad background and you can't get them to be a police officer. So, you know, it's not that we don't want to hire minorities. It's that what's the pool that we're getting out there. Right. It's different if we didn't have a civil service system right. where you're not basing everything on, a, on someone that can test good. We might, if we didn't have a civil service and we just have a hiring process through, through a committee or, you know, chief of police or whatever... We have a system that if you come out of New York and you are qualified for the job out there, you've been doing the job for, I want to say, probably 20 years. You still got some heat on you. We'll be able to hire you here. But no, civil service. So you like civil service. Civil service restricts you to everything. Civil service right now is isolated. Think about it. Post mandates. Right. Doesn't matter what civil service say. If post disqualify you, decertify you, you're done. Right. Doesn't matter what po- what civil service says. Post is the Doesn't civil service though make it less political because before that's that you have a union. Yeah, but unions we all know how we know how they think are. about it. Okay, we have North Endover right now. Right. North Endover is not in civil service. I know I was they have a process broken that they got rid of they it. have a process, brother. They have they have guidelines in place for hiring. They but now all you have to do place. is be related to a member of the board no, of selectmen. No, it's in. not that easy, Tom. Research is not that easy. The union selects the committee, the union selects how the guidelines are gonna be followed. It's a it's a big process they 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 have to follow. Trust me when I tell you. I don't know if I like the idea of unions making any decisions, no. quite frankly. <laughs> we see how the unions no, are. We get them. We're getting them involved. But uh, what was the second the question? The second question was uh, dealing with the neighborhood groups and listening to the, the I, quality of life I, issues. I was blessed. I, I went last night to the uh, uh, the uh, meeting, the Tower Hill. Was it Tower Hill there? I went in last night? I could be wrong. But I was, I was blessed. You know how many hours I spent on that parking lot? picking up customers, and I was able to explain why they have a drug problem on the area, how they are so close to the highway, and they are the best target for that uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I mean, I like it. I love it. I'm always out there. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things we talked about a little earlier was uh, how well you worked with all the other agencies. Do you see more of that now that you're chief of bringing in? Lawrence really needs a lot of help at getting rid of we know that the, the heroin is imported, but we also know that the fentanyl is being made in Lawrence. And that's why, you know, people like Mark LaPlante, I try to explain to them all the time, people aren't coming here for the services. They're coming here for the drugs. And to say, I don't want to support any more services because that's why more people come, they really come because of the drugs. The fentanyl is being made in Lawrence. The heroin's imported, but the fentanyl's made here. Well, it's being you, cut. And Lawrence. Right. It's well, I mean, the, the, pill, to, the pill presses. Yeah, the here, pill the, presses. That's a whole different ball right? of wax. So you need a lot more help from the DEA. You need a lot more help. I'd love to see these guys here every single day cleaning the city up. I'd love to see it. Well, the best thing I have is is that I have a plan. I can pick up the phone, and I, I'm already in contact with the state police, and, and we have a good relationship. DEA, I, I talked to them last week. Um, two of my supervisors throughout my career one is in charge of Washington, D.C. right now, out of the headquarters. And we have another one here in the New England Field Division that was my supervisor. I mean, I have a great relationship, not only, you know, HSA, HSI, 
uh, state police, FBI, Secret Service. We can, we can, we can call them all. They can be out here. It's it's work. It's work to to do to be done. But we need to get our numbers up. We need to get our department where we need to get them. My man, this this guy is your father was a police officer, a fine police officer. You know, we have good officers in there. They need to get paid. Right. They need to. They work and they I agree they're call not enough. for call to call to call in in that environment. Come on. Uh, one, uh, somebody online asked uh, if at the end of the year, are they going to take a mandatory class to renew their license or can they just renew it? They no, to, they, no, that's not. No, whatever is within the law. They only have to take uh, the uh, they take the class. Then they go and uh, apply for the license. and That's it. But he's looking to renew it. He's got an LTC. No, you don't need, so you don't have to take another mandatory class. Whatever's within the law. We're not here to break, to break the law. Right. So we have about four and a half minutes left here. Why? Because uh, well, it's a 40. I know. I'm, listen, I would go an hour with you. Trust me, I would. Because every minute that you're here, it's pissing off all the people that I want to piss no, off. No, I just want to. Hey, listen. Yeah. Uh, we just got to bring the information out there. A lot of people don't know. Um, remember, Tom, I did. Listen, I got 20 plus, 25 plus years of law enforcement experience. Okay. And it, I'm blessed that I was able to work in the sheriff's department and know the environment of, the, of, the, of someone in need. Someone that needs help. Someone that made a mistake and have that compassion on that level. Now I'm in the, uh, go, going outside and getting my experience with these different agencies and community engagement and all that stuff. Remember, I was part of the, the uh, uh, Warren Apprehension Unit. I arrested, like, I think it was like 350-something people in three months. Mm-hmm. Not one complaint. Right. Then I came back and I did the gang unit. Lawrence gang unit when it was the Wild Wild West in the <laughs> city. That. And, and And not one complaint. Right. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, what are we doing in here? We are here to Assess the, the experience. Enjoy the experience because I got to tell you, I read something today that people want always people with experience. And, the, and, and when I read that article that a friend of mine uh, sent me, it was like, so you want someone with experience? That means you want the same stuff that's been going on for mm-hmm. 20 years right. to happen on this department. Right. And it's true. You got a lot of rookies, um, and I'm not going to disparage all of them, but I'm out there a lot with the homeless. And I see some of these rookies, they think they're fucking Rambo. Uh, they're out there, they're knocking people around, they talk to people extremely disrespectful. I don't see that from the guys that have been there for a while. But the new kids coming on, what I see frightens me, and it's lack of leadership. There's no sergeant there to tell them. You know, there's no Mike Samad there, there's no Jimmy Razzo there telling them, hey, you can't do this. Um, a lot of them are out there on their own, and I want to see, I want to see a guy like you elevate the good cops, but really clamp down on these new kids and let them know that they're not Rambo out there. That you know that they that they need to, even even the 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 criminals that they're arresting, they need to be treated with respect. Even look, I deal with the homeless all the time. A lot of them have long criminal records, and they know that when they're arresting them because they've called in and they've gotten the arrest record, and then they start talking to them very disrespectfully swearing at them, knocking them around a little bit, and I've seen it. Um, and, and I'm hoping that someone like you can come in and not so much punish them, but guide them along and show them that's just not the way to do things in Lawrence because it creates resentment. 
You have these people that are out there that, yes, they commit crimes, but if they respect the department, it makes the neighborhoods a lot safer. And when the police show up and they listen to what the cops tell them, it makes the, it makes the neighborhood a lot safer. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know what? We've been going a lot to roll call. Um, uh, I've been talking to the supervisors. I am a guy that... Sanjay's so need to be on the street. I'm, I think that's I, my point. I am always on the street. Yeah. And I, I, my message to them was this. I am a, a guy that hits the street every day. In the morning, mid, you know, afternoon, at night. And I am going to be out there with them. And everybody in front of me is going to be treated with utmost respect. And if we get complaints or misbehavior, we're going to be fully investigated. Right. I never file complaints. You know me. Yep. I'm very pro-cop. Yep. So uh, you're never going to get an official complaint out of me. You might get a phone call. You might get an unofficial complaint. Follow up. uh, Which I've done numerous times in the past. But I'm never going to officially complain about a cop. I'm not looking to hurt anybody. But I do want the behavior to change. Um, So hopefully that will happen. Do you have any any final words here for – will you come back? Yeah, absolutely. So every year we do an opioid summit with all the police chiefs. Yeah. Have them bring in their opioid numbers, their overdose numbers, how many deaths, how many were saved, Narcan's. Uh, if you could come in for that, that would be great. Um, and you'll and you'll come back. That's yeah. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, um, like I say, is a is a great opportunity to move the department forward. Is a is a great opportunity to bring new principles. Um, I'm not here to uh, batch anybody who's been in office, uh, who's been doing the job. I think uh, you know they did their best at their own time. Now it's William Castro's time. Right. Give him a chance. Listen, I think even people who don't like you, I said this when Obama got elected. I didn't vote for Obama, but I said, you know what? I didn't vote for the guy, but let's give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. Let's judge him on his performance. And I just hope that the people who have been attacking you on Facebook will now just kind of sit back and go, okay, he's chief now. Let's just give him a chance. And if he screws up, we'll attack what he did, not who he is. That's it. Is that fair? fair. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank, well, thank you for being here. Listen, it was, this, was, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. Uh, I want to thank our, our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. It's actually Century 21 McLennan Real Estate. I always say it backwards. I learned that from Dave Id Consoli. Uh, the Zany Pesci Law Office, which is actually the Zany Pesh Law Office. Uh, Marsan and Son Construction. By the way, give, uh, give Ronnie Marsan a, a vote. He's running for East End Councilor, and Jaina Zanny's running at large, so give her a vote too in Methuen. EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli. Tomo is shaking seafood. Clear path for veterans, New England. The Mercurio Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. Power 28, a free shout out to our buddies at JG's Ice Cream. By the way, next week, a double show. Oh, yeah, I get the Val- and the Valley Patriot. Don't forget the Valley Patriot. Um, next week, a double show. We've got the at large debate in Methuen for City Council. Ooh. We've got a commitment from three. I'm still trying to convince the fourth guy to come, but I don't think he's going to be brave enough to come. But we have at least three of them, so you'll be able to hear from them next week. Sounds like Melvin Taylor. By the way, thank you to Chrissy, too. Appreciate it. And our executive producer, Murphy, who is here. And Dad. Dad's here, too. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. Telling you to go The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.